Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. It's the last day of MIP TV 2019 and we're coming to you once again from Cannes. It's been a week of high drama, hard facts and plenty of entertainment, or has it? We've published over 150 stories from the market on C21 this week and here with me to discuss some of these and the trends shaping MIP TV this year are Paul Heaney, founder of UK-based distributor TCB Media Rights. Hello, hello. Patrick Nebu, founder of Sweden-based scripted specialist Drama Core. Hi there. And Frederick F. Malmorg, managing director of Sweden-based distributor Echo Rights. Good afternoon. So welcome everybody. This is clearly a bit of a Swedish theme running through this show, it seems. And Paul, uh, TCB's just sold a package of shows to Viasat. Uh, across the Nordic region this week. Do you want to tell us? Yeah, um, we have. And uh, my colleague, uh, Holly Cowdery, didn't get her name quite in print, so I'm just going to give her a big up now. Well done, Holly. Uh, Some pre-sales and finished programmes with Viasat, um, who are across Europe and the rest of the world as well, because I think they need to be known that they are a global uh, player, not just Europe. So they've, uh, yeah, that was Plain Reclaimers, a show that we commissioned ourselves. Wild Tube, another one from last year, we commissioned uh, Mythical Beasts and uh, private lives, so uh, sort of a combination of science and um, observational doc series um, and user-generated clips. So we're trying to, it's a, a broad base of stuff that we think um, buyers will want, so that's a good deal. Viasat are great clients of ours. I think that's a, a good enough plug for them. <laughs> a, a good week for non-scripted in Ken? Yeah, on the back of MIPDOC normally is a good platform for the rest of the week. I don't know whether you guys found, if you're in that area, but as much. But um, yeah, it's a platform for the rest of the week, normally MIPDOC. So um, if numbers are down uh, and if the quality is up amongst buyers, then you'll still uh, have a, a good flow through after. We launched about 45 shows into MIPDOC, so quite a lot. Um, and so if the buyers are there to watch them, that should flow through to plenty of interest and deals across the week if numbers aren't too down. Big stories for you this week as far as the, your business and the industry's concerned? Oh, in the documentary space, I think uh, it's now that um, we're, in, we're in the middle of two mountains, the linear and non-linear. And I think the linear players have plans, but money is short and tight. The non-linears have got a lot of money, but in terms of unscripted, they're getting their act together, but we're sort of in this little bit in between. The two, in between the two mountains, so we're finding our way, but spend is down a little bit, but this is why distributors like ourselves are now commissioning, with a small C commissioning, because we have to, because if we, we're trying to achieve our growth targets and we want to get these producers making stuff, we have to take more risks. And um, we're now, you know, it's, it's a crazy world where uh, distributors are co-commissioning with broadcasters and you're invited, you're invited in to do that. So it's... Um, no, but I think it's interesting to, uh, like, I think the first wave of SVOD when everybody says oh, it's only drama that works. And maybe there is a little revival of alternative programming uh, mm. that, that could actually pick up because, I, you know, I'm not an SVOD platform myself, but I can imagine that, I don't know, if Netflix actually does reality shows or high-end documentaries, that they works really, really well. Starting so, to, isn't it? There's yeah. a revival, you're right, in yeah. feature docs, a few years ago, where were they? And now there's a big revival yeah. in that area, a big revival in, in 90 minute docs in, in one hour. So maybe we even see a game series. show on Netflix soon, who knows? I think already, it's probably I think already. Actually, there is one uh, on Netflix. Ah, I mm, sorry, uh, I missed that. Game show. <laughs> Not in my algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Patrick, you were at Viasat's Nice Entertainment before striking out on your own and forging Drama Core together with Beta Film, and you've um, just brought in an exec from Nice and announced a couple of new dramas here this week, I believe. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, so we have um, um, we have a new creative director at Drama Corp, um, longtime partner from Nice Drama, who I used to work with, uh, Henrik Janson Schweitzer. Um, and we did a, a big announcement this week at, at, uh, at MIT TV. Uh, we are launching the development of an English language procedure uh, uh, set here in Cannes um, in a unique partnership with the City Hall of Cannes, uh, where the universe and the backdrop of that series would be Cannes and the region around. So that's, uh, that's a really big thing. It's a blue sky show. Uh, we find it to be a really good timing for that kind of, um, of, uh, of stories and, and universes and genre. Uh, I think there's a lot of drama and, and especially dark drama around and I think we are going completely the other way by proposing um, um, a new... It's, somehow it seems that you know, the, um, the, um, the, the, the scanning work kind of, of genres has, has uh, really been all over the place now and, and there is a, a big thrive and, and a, a longing for more escapism uh, and, and uh, escapist kind of shows. And I think that's, uh, that we are trying to, um, to, uh, to strike a chord. So that's called Can Confidential, which is a fairly evocative title for this, for this market. We've had Can series going on on the one side and obviously MIP TV on the other side. You've been involved in both. How do you feel that those two things are working together? It's only the second year of Cannes series. Yeah, I think it's hard to say really, I mean, how, what way this is going. I mean, Cannes series is an interesting um, uh, proposition. Um, uh, there is definitely you know, a place for, for that kind of festival, which uh, kind of red or pink uh, carpet uh, kind of, of uh, festivals. Uh, I think there is... Uh, there's definitely you know, something to be done. Maybe um, can series need to uh, maybe up its game in terms of being even much more uh, kind of glamorous and maybe um, have an um, even bigger kind of VIP touch uh, um, over it. Um, maybe bring in more bigger special event TV series. Um, that's 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 the feeling I have. And in terms of the integration or the the way the two events are playing uh, with each other. Um, I mean, I'm not, you know, red medium here, but I think that maybe there is something to uh, to be explored here in a, in maybe a bigger integration between the two events. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say right no, now. Or if any integration between the two events, because it feels completely separate, except that they're happening at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering what storylines would be in Can Confidential around about April or October time. I mean, do you have any inspiration when you come down here when you sort of blue sky? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's uh, really no, but I mean, it's really uh, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, this procedural. So um, so we have. Um, we have that kind of uh, uh, you know close-ended episodes, and there is a longer narrative uh, yeah. about it. And um, so the storylines won't be about people losing their badge or anything like that. They'll be well, uh, maybe you know we can explore that too. It depends. <laughs> we can edge you know the show, and, and it depends where the writer wants to take that. Yes, yeah, I'm sure there are there are plenty of stories. You know, uh, we have stories from Meep TV and Meepcoms and all really? these markets. Uh, we can explore yeah. maybe. You know, yeah. Maybe you can join. You know, yeah. in the right room. <laughs> We'll come to some more of those in a minute. Um, Frederick, I interviewed a couple of the stars from your, uh, well, a Philly, Finnish Chilean co production, the first uh, mm. Finnish Chilean co production uh, that you're representing down here called Invisible Heroes. Yes. Uh, that sounds like a, a fascinating story. It's a very fascinating story based on a true story from the early 70s. A young diplomat being sent on his first uh, um, you know, placement abroad. 
going to Santiago de Chile thinking as a they're going to say, uh, sell Finnish products and playing golf. He's ending up in the middle of a Pinochet coup. And him and together with the Swedish ambassador, they uh, managed to save 3,000 people by giving them uh, Scandinavian passports. So it's, but it's an amazing drama. We're so happy we had the actors here and premiere screening yesterday. And uh, you know we have lots of offers on it. Um, I have four different platforms in the US competing for it. So I'm very happy. It doesn't happen too often with non-English language drama, but it's a, uh, Wiley, our genius, Jamu, uh, in, in uh, finding really good ideas that are, that I think is uh, very relevant for all of us to find those kind of co-productions or uh, productions that really are, uh, make sense for, because it's 80% in Spanish. It's a little bit like Narcos way, that it was like the most watched TV program in America, all categories and 80% in Spanish. So we, we hope to sell that in a lots of market and it's very well produced. Also showing that you know, you don't have to have a huge budget if you're skilled to make something that is very high-end. And uh, they've done an amazing job in, in, uh, in, uh, in getting that together. So, so we're excited. A good week for you. <coughs> yeah, very good. Together with the honor that is uh, our new, our launch from Scandinavia of four of the most uh, uh, biggest female actresses uh, going together, running a law firm together, uh, focusing on crime against women. So we, we're very good in time, we think. Yeah. So um, the fact that some organisations, some, some big names that are normally here, Endemol, Shine, BBC Studios, Fox, uh, don't have the normal sort of stand presence that they've previously had, that, that's being described as uh, fake news by, uh, by the organisers <laughs> of, of MIP. They're, well, I suppose the interpretation of that, you know, the interpretation of the reasons that they're not here. They've all got internal issues, those companies. We won't, we won't get into those uh, right now. But um, at the same time, the, the MIP organisers have talked about reinventing this event for, for 2020. What's your understanding of that and what do you think needs to happen? Um, it feels more like tinkering than reinventing, if you ask me. Um, and I don't know whether, I, I mean, I could have a massive, massive moan now, right now, and I will if you want me to, but I think, um, I think really, are we dealing with a market that is just declining and let's just let it decline because there's just too many around now at this time of year, before and afterwards, and is it just the case it's just never really going to get back to its best? Or should we have a little bit of a moan and say, stop tinkering around the edges, read me them. Why don't you actually look at uh, inviting more of the 20% of the buyers that bring in 80% of your business? How about looking at that number a bit more and doing what maybe some other things do, like you know, showcase, I think, fly in 900 people, don't they, around the world? Well, maybe read me them should look at that for MIP TV. And I looked at MIP Doc and it was down and we're a massive supporter of MIP Doc, always have been. But you know, there's only so much my support can go before you sort of think you're being taken advantage of, potentially. So uh, I think maybe a little bit more effort. Yeah, but I think we're also in a very different market. I mean, there are so many, as you say, there are so many events now yeah. uh, competing against uh, MIP TV, MIPCOM. I mean, you have a limited, you know, amount of time. You have, you have to produce stuff. To, we can't be, you know, be mm. on all those markets. Mm. So I think it's about reinventing itself. And they have, I mean, clearly there's, you know, there, there's the need of a, a new thinking around it all, and I think you have to. And I think they need. I mean, they somehow mm, appear to be a bit blind. I guess. I mean, still charging the same fees that they did a few years ago, and, and you know, they haven't gone down in anything in pricing. Is yeah. my feeling. Yeah. And mm, very few people are coming. I mean, yeah. what do you do? I mean, it's the supply and demand. But exactly. I will. I will not manage their business. But I don't think they're managing very successfully at the moment. Well, you know, profits are important. We want everyone to make money. But you know, there's there's advantage being taken. And if you're a, a new business now coming here, 
I'm sure you don't find it terribly amazing value for money. No, so, no. Um, so the reasons why some of these other companies haven't attended, we know why. But there are political reasons, but there are also reasons they think going to see the buyers in their own home territory makes more sense yeah, for them. It does. So we know it does. So let's look at the realities. Yeah, maybe not just um, thinking you can get back to past glories, but use, as you said, it's, it's a case of reinventing. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, in terms of reinventing your own businesses, you're all part of larger entities to, to varying degrees. TCB was acquired um, 18 months ago by Q Media Group. Patrick, you're attached to B to Film, and Frederick Echoes now part of CJE&M in Korea. Um, so that's surely a sign that companies, independent companies, increasingly need scale to survive in a marketplace like this. Is that fair to say? Definitely. I think that uh, you, need, you, you need the muscles. I mean, especially in, not very familiar with the non-fiction, but drama is really clearly an area where you need to have bigger muscles behind you if you're an independent. And, uh, and the market, I mean, there's so much content out there, so many drama series. Uh, you have to cut through the you know the noise, and 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 for in order to do that, you have to go for the best talent, for the best uh, um, stories, and and you also have to be able to cash flow. You know that that's yeah. a very cash-intensive business, and and everything is really being reinvented. So um, uh, just as we said that you know the meat TV needs to to um, reinvent itself, I think that that goes for us too, and we of are course. there. And I think that you know maybe one thing about producers, distributors that that we are we are so clearly exposed to those changes. I mean, and there is a disruption that started with Netflix, non-million channels, that's coming to all businesses. You know, mm, we can yeah. speak about Uber and, and everything is changing at a very exponential mm. pace. Yeah, and right, and yeah. they put the pressure on us producers, distributors. Well, distributors are now, um, you know, I mean, luckily the queue, yeah, queue have come in and realized that we can't grow at sort of 30, 40% every year if we don't uh, have a big, uh, um, bank cash to draw on, and now, uh, and because there's not a pipeline there readily available, we have to go out and find it, and we have to almost make the market, which means we have to find a producer that we like to work with, that will deliver on time, that will execute, that have integrity, um, and we have to make sure that um, if we're going to fully commission them, uh, it's going to be something that the rest of the world will will go for, and it's. Um, Sometimes we're doing these things completely blindly, you know, with no broadcaster attached whatsoever and not even a little nudge or a wink to say, yeah, it's okay, we'll buy that eventually. Um, you're doing it because you want to broaden your appeal. And so we've, we've found now that uh, this lineup we've got at MIP, we're trying to be broader because you can't sell against yourself too much. You probably notice it in, in, in yours uh, as well, in, in your offerings. You have to make sure you've got a, a broad appeal. So if you've got a couple of formats and a couple of factual entertainment series and a factual series, you sort of have to make sure you're not selling against yourself. You know, and that's one of the things as well. And linear TV will, of course, be you know, alive for another decade or so, and, and, and they still need programming. So, And I don't know if the total program budgets has gone down uh, a lot on those yet. So I, I think it's like to, to supply the linear TV that still be there and then rather different product with this S1 product. But then of course we have the, I guess the music, uh, the industry is somehow ending up in something looking like a Spotify model. We do that in Russia, we do that in Korea, we, and, and more and more like American programming, for example in Scandinavia, are available non-exclusive on eight different platforms because everybody has three, four different uh, S1 subscription through some, uh, somewhere. Uh, so it's becoming more a publishing model in a way, and there maybe you need a little bit more of, of uh, you know, um, publishing. But I think still, 
the best environment for a producer is to be fairly small and to be represented. That's what we're trying to do. I mean, or are doing re representing producer and giving them the tools yeah. to really make money uh, and not having too many layers uh, in between. Okay, well, it's time to pack our suitcases and trundle off along La Croisette again until we're here again in another six months for MIPCOM. Thanks to my guests, Paul, Patrick and Frederick. And remember to delve into the C21 site for all the stories from this year's MIP TV and stay up to date with all the latest industry developments elsewhere by signing up to our newsletter, by following us on mobile and on Twitter. That was MIP TV 2019. Thanks for listening. Thank you.